So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favor you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Okay, I am. we are so happy to have on the podcast and also... Really sad that it has taken us this long to have you on the podcast, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have Brian Bremer with us today. He is our Intro to VO and Intro to Animation Workshop instructor, has been with us literally from the beginning, like six months into even starting the studio over six years ago, and (laughs) he has had such a long and successful career over 20 years. He is the voice of Mr. Peanut, who's Nick in The Walking Dead, among many many, many other famous commercials and roles. He's also been a producer and has worked with some agencies. I mean, just has had his hand in all kinds of stuff in the industry. And so he has a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I would say a of a, a real VO sage, oh, if I you. could say it. <laughs> so you could, you did, and thank you. And it's been Absolutely. done. It's true. I'm a it's sage. You yes. can burn me to get rid of evil spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of sage. That's right. <laughs> um, so, Brian, tell everyone else, though, how you even got started in voiceover. Sure. So uh, my, I started, actually, as an actor in junior high and high school, like a lot of us did. I found my tribe in the theater department. It was, it was something I was very good at. I got accolades for it, won awards in high school, and eventually got a full scholarship to Pepperdine University for playwriting and theater, theater and playwriting, not voiceover. Um, so I went out to California and uh, to to be an actor and to study at Pepperdine. And it, I did uh, TV shows there. I did a lot of movies, some of them that still follow me to this day, <laughs> uh, and was really very successful considering I was in school and I didn't know anybody there. At the time, of course, you're like, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming, and I, I, how am I ever going to make it? And I was very young, too, so I really didn't know who I was, and that's really important. Mm. That's really important as a creative person that you that you understand or learn who you are and that you're always true to the truth of that of that person. And of course at 18, who knows that, you know, so I didn't, but, but I did very well, all things considered. Uh, and eventually after I graduated school, 
uh, I started a rock and roll band because that's what you do in Los Angeles. <laughs> I was still acting. I was, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah well, I was doing all right. Um, but I really got into music and I started writing music with one of my best friends and we put a band together and started playing out around Los Angeles and we were doing well. I was singing and writing the words. And at one point we decided we were going to leave, move to Atlanta. Uh, Wait, what was your name back then? G G G Brian Bremer. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jordan Livingston wait, Taylor. Wait, were you Charlie. talking about his band name? Yeah, the or? band. Well, the <laughs> band was called Elijah Zoo. Elijah. It makes no sense. It's okay. a dream that my that my writing partner had. I think he uh, was probably trying to think of Elysium Fields or something. Yeah. But anyway, uh. Elijah Zoo. We, we were doing really well. Sometimes I wish the band had stayed in L.A., but we always smoked way too much pot to get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of so we actually moved to Atlanta to play the Olympics in '96 because we we had all we were we were all ex actors and we're like ah oh, no we don't need to do acting anymore we're musicians man <laughs> we don't need this place anymore and you could do music from anywhere and Atlanta was actually at that time a hotbed of independent rock and music oh, and wow. in addition to hip hop and everything that kind of still survives now today in the music scene you know, the Indigo Girls came out of here and REM mm -hmm. and. So we thought, well, it's a great place to be. And we, we came specifically to play the Olympics in 96. Mm -hmm. Moved to here a couple of years before. Well, we did it somehow, not through our efforts. It was totally by luck or intention. But the night before we played the Olympics, we got a call from this management company called Jupiter Management. They said, someone's backed out of the Samsung Expo. Can you guys go play a set tomorrow? Wow. Wow. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it was a struggle. It was a big band we were doing well here too. We had a kind of a hippie following here and little five points. And, mm. but we had a trombone player, a harmonica player, two uh, backup singers. It was a huge, wow. huge band. Yeah. And from a business model, that was not smart. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're getting 300 bucks a night to play. Right, right, right. Right. But we had told everyone we're going to move to play the Olympics and they all followed us. They all moved wow. from LA to here. And sure enough, we played the Olympics and that next day we broke up. Oh. <gasps> Because we'd done what we came to do, and the band was heading that way. Anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I hadn't done on camera for a while. Uh, one and one of the side effects of me being able to be back on this coast is I got to be near my family mm -hmm. and my great aunt, who's the love of my life, my soulmate. In a different life, I always said we were probably brother and sister. We were just very, very close, mm -hmm. and I grew up on her farm in the summers in North Carolina. And because I got to move back here, because you always look at the big picture mm -hmm. and go, "Wow." God had a hand in that. Like, yeah. what happened here? Like, why did we do this? Yeah. Looking back. And I got to be with her in the last days of her life. Mm. And I was in the hospital keeping vigil with her and my old cousin Shelby. You've heard this story. Yeah. And um, I was reading to her from a, her book as she was semi-conscious, kind of on morphine and in and out. And the days were were short for her. They were, the time was coming. And uh, as I was reading from the book, my cousin Shelby said, Brian, you have such a nice voice. Why don't you do something with that? Aww. And I, I, I thought, well, I, I'm an actor, and I was a singer, and okay, well, let me explore voice acting. And so I came back to Atlanta, and I took a workshop with Paul Armbruster, and he he would tell you at the end of the workshop, thumbs up, thumbs down. Like he would tell you, no, this is not for you. <laughs> and when he came to me, he said, you have a very marketable voice. If you learn mm -hmm. this, I really think you could have a career in this. And it's funny about voice acting because you don't learn it in school. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't teach it in arts conservatories, or at least they didn't back then. And so a lot of actors don't even know about it. Yeah. yeah. But it's everywhere. Yeah. 
So I took the workshop, uh, got a little spec demo made, which back then what you did is you took magazine copy Mm -hmm. and you rewrote it to be spoken instead of written. Yep. And then you just recorded it with a friend and they put some music behind it. I mean, it was very like low, low, low tech and it sounded low tech. You can't do that today. Mm -mm. The industry is so competitive today that your first demo needs to sound as good as the demos you're hearing on Atlas's website, Mm -hmm. on ACM's website. You've got to be that competitive to get an agent. And we talk a lot about that in the intro workshop. But I had my demo made and uh, I was with – People store at the time, an on-camera agency, and starting to maybe get back into on-camera. Mm-hmm. I kind of moved behind the scenes, which is when I started casting and producing. And I really do enjoy that very much. And I would say any actor that wants to be an actor needs to know everything about all aspects of the business mm-hmm. because we have to be entrepreneurs. And there's going to be times yeah. when the work is not coming in one area and right. you can go do something else and still work in the business you know, right. and make connections. But uh, I started booking little jobs. My very first job was here in Atlanta for Renai Heating and Cooling, <laughs> the Renai Air Conditioner uh, customer salesman. Yeah. Can I help you, sir? <laughs> and um, booked that. And then my dear friend, Witty Turner, who was a producer in town for a long, long time, was working with a client at the post-production house where I was producing internally. I was the internal producer for Lab 601 post-production. So again, I'm in a situation where there are a lot of commercials being produced. There are a lot of creatives coming through there. I made it very clear and very loudly that I was studying VO, yeah. you know, if yeah. anybody ever needed anything. Well, Witty came down to my office one day and she said, Brian, I know you're you're studying VO. And we, we were good friends. We met and hit it off like that. Yeah. And uh, But this is why talking about what you're doing is really mm-hmm. important. And she came to my office and she said, I'm upstairs working with Bigelow Advertising. They're recasting the voice of Time Warner Cable. Mm-hmm. And the way they're describing it, it sounds like you. Hmm. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so I, you know, I got, she said, and then she said, will you come up and audition? I'm like, now? <laughs> she says, yes, now they're up there. I said, okay. So I knew what to do because I'd studied, right? Yeah. I knew that I was going to be given a script that I'd never seen before, that I need, needed to smile through the read and make it sound, be in my voice, make it sound happy, whatever they, they asked for. Now we don't audition in person, but back then you did. So I went upstairs, literally from my office, and I auditioned for four people that I'd never met before that ended up becoming really good friends, um, which is a wonderful thing about this business is it's there are a lot of good people in the business, mm-hmm. right? People are scared of creatives, and they're scared of the people that hire them. You really can't be. You have to look at yourself as on par. Mm-hmm. You're bringing something to the table that they need and mm-hmm. they're bringing something that you need and it's and it's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. I like to use that word with my students like uh, I'd like to collaborate with you on a project in the future well, here's, you know. And that's what Vanilla Ice had in mind too. Stop right. collaborate, collaborate and, and listen. listen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stop mm-hmm. collaborate and listen. And mm-hmm. and Vanilla Ice also is a big fan of the uh, vanilla chocolate swirl ice cream mm. which if you think about that that's the ultimate collaboration. Ultimate. Totally. The first yeah. thing when you said Excellent. vanilla ice, Mike, I was thinking ice cream. And I'm like, where are you going? I thought you were going to make a joke. I was. And, oh, you were. I missed it. I'm nervous. Oh, so my gosh. Anyway, well, now I'm hungry for yeah, some ice I'm cream. Starving. That's for sure. I've been craving ice cream lately. Started at the beach. I didn't mean to derail uh, you, though. That's okay. Or maybe I did. I don't well, know. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, so, so I auditioned for this thing, right? And I'm thinking, there's no way in hell. I mean, this is a big national campaign, all the radio, all the TV. I mean, it was a huge deal. But I auditioned. Uh, Mike, the creative director, said, that's great. Can you put a little more of a smile in the read and a little more energy? I did it. And then he said, thank you. And that was it. And I went back downstairs. And then three or four weeks went by, and 
And so I figured, well, I didn't get it. And about three weeks after the audition, Weedy came, comes back to my office and she goes, it's you and 10 other guys. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then that started happening. Like yeah. every day she'd come down, it's down to you and six guys. It's you and four guys. I'm like, Weedy, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't come tell me this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then finally, long story short, I got the job. Mm-hmm. And it was my first really big breakthrough national VO campaign. I had that job for eight years. I was hired and fired twice in the in that period of eight years, right? Because oh. that's that was a big lesson. Yeah, you know, being green and new and 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 it was a huge job. Yeah, when I got my my. Uh, tax forms at the end of the year, I was like, oh, <laughs> that's how much money I made. Right. But, but I knew yeah, because we were recording almost every week, you mm-hmm. know, because the campaigns and the offers would change. And so, and it was yeah. a union job. So you know what that's going to mm-hmm. pay. And uh, because the dollar amount was so high and I was so green, I got very afraid of losing it. And I got very over analytical and in my head about it. And I would like, I kind of became a parody of my own voice instead of just mm-hmm. speaking in my authentic mm-hmm. voice. Um, that didn't affect a thing. And Witty would tell me this later. She, she said, none of that ever affected anything except your own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you've really got to focus on the work that you do, not the money you're making, yeah. you know, not the end result. Yeah. It's not about the money. It really is about authentically connecting and communicating. Of course, now mm-hmm. I know. But that was a big lesson. I, I was so afraid of losing that job for so long. And then eight years later, when I finally lost it, because you lose jobs in VO for lots of different reasons. Yeah. It's rarely because you suddenly suck right. Right. after eight years. Right. Usually they've changed the creative. And I'm surprised I had it for that long. Yeah, that's a that's long, a long time. time. Long yes, time, right? yeah. it really anyway, is. So that was my that that's how I got started, mm-hmm. and that really propelled my professional career. Mm-hmm. And from that, of course, I was able to make uh, I got some great demo material. I started reaching out, and getting more agents because I had this national campaign mm-hmm. that I was bringing to them. So I got more and more opportunities, and I just fell in love. And this is the thing I'll say: I was an actor for a long time, and I have done movies and TV shows, and I I am very I'm a very good actor. I know that I am that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I bring that to the table. But I never loved on camera. I never loved it. It took me a long time to admit that because you don't want to let go of things. Yeah. But I really never loved it. I never – and the only way I know I didn't love it – I love the theater. That's where I came from and that's my first love. On camera, I felt like I was doing because I was expected to do. Now, I've done some really great performances and and some really yeah. awful performances too. Um, I won't mention those films, but you could easily <laughs> find them. Um, but – in the whole, pro- the, when I found voiceover, I fell in love with what this is. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it, and that's when I kind of realized, oh, you don't feel that same way about the other forms of mm-hmm. acting. You don't. I still don't turn something down if I get asked. Mm-hmm. If a casting director says, I want you to audition for this, I walk through that door because you have to walk through every door that opens. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. Learn everything you can about that thing. Walk through the door if it opens. What's on the other side may or may not be for you, but you've got to at least walk through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't actively pursue it because when I fell in love with voiceover, I realized that that's it. I'm not looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that love of it is so important. And I tell my students that too. You have to love this. This is hard. Mm-hmm. It's very competitive. It's gotten more and more competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to reinvent yourself many, many times because trends change. Yeah. Uh, uh, adver- advertising trends change. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything changes. You change yeah. and grow. So you mm-hmm. constantly have to be learning and reinventing yourself. And, and it's tough. And there'll be times when you're booking like crazy and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Thank you. Thank you. And then there will be long periods of time when you're not. Yeah. yeah. 
The only and there and even when you have long periods that you're booking, there's still so much rejection. Mm-hmm. You can do a hundred auditions, and a good big booking ratio out of a hundred auditions is like ten. Yeah, five even you know yeah. is a good mm-hmm. so. If you don't love it, you'll give up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always tell my students, you know, the one job you have in this workshop today is to figure out if this is something that you love. You have to love it. I love this. And it's challenging. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of success, and I thank God for it every day. And I've had a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. And there have been long periods of time where, you know, I haven't worked. And I've mm-hmm. had to think, why am I not working now, and what do I need to do to work? But I'll always be a voice actor. Mm-hmm. If I have to go get a job at Cook's Warehouse to to support what this is, that fine. Yeah, I won't stop this because yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah, there are many mornings, as you guys know, when we get up. I mean, you guys run this business, mm-hmm. and you have—I know how many auditions you have every morning yeah. that you have to turn in, <laughs> and it's tough. You got to mm-hmm. get up at five o'clock in the morning to get those auditions done and get onto your business. And there are plenty of mornings when I absolutely don't feel like doing it, mm-hmm. it just because I'm burnt out yeah. or because I just don't. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell Jeffrey sometimes, you know, we are, and he knows this, but okay, there's 10 auditions. You understand, this isn't just talking on a microphone. That's 10 performances. Yes. Yeah. And when I finish a performance yes. slash audition, I'm I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. I'm drained because yeah. you are giving yeah. your creative energy. Yeah. And there's some mornings I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this, man. <laughs> but I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get up, I get on the mic, and I do it because I love it. And as soon mm-hmm. as the headphones go on and as soon as I'm on my mic, all thoughts of everything else go out the window. And that's mm-hmm. what I found when I found this. And two decades later, I still feel that way, which is mm-hmm. why I still do it, mm-hmm. even with the challenges of our business now. Yeah. Um, and I'll always do it. Yeah. So you've got whatever it is you're doing in life, you have to find your love of it. Mm-hmm. Or, do, or do something else. Yeah. 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 And if you don't love it, it's okay. Right. Yeah. You don't have to do this. There's yeah. nothing, yeah. You, well, you know, you have to put food on your table. Right. <laughs> right. And it's a bonus if you can love what you do. Yeah. You know. What's something that you wish that you had known, like right out of the gate when you started in voiceover, that you're like, man, if mm. I had just known this, it would have made my whole career kind of a little easier? I wish I'd known Heidi Rue and Mike Stanley. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I wish I had. It's valid. I wish I had understood. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. You know. Mike's like, that's a. That's, that's valid. <laughs> Overarchingly in my career. Mm-hmm. And this applies, I think, to any creative endeavor. I wish early on I'd understood that it was about the education, that it was about knowing what I was doing, not what I looked like, not what I sounded like. It was about learning, really learning what I was doing. Because when you're educated, confidence follows. When you know what you're doing, sometimes students will ask me like, how do I get over my nerves? How do I get over my nerves? I'm like, well, you won't and you shouldn't because those nerves inform your performance. They make you do the work. I still get butterflies when I get up and when when I had the planner's job for Mm -hmm. Mr. Pina, I was nervous. And I'm 55 years old. And of course I'm nervous going into that session. That's a high stakes job, right? But walking into that job, I know that I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to perform professionally and at a certain level on the microphone. Mm -hmm. And I also know that when they direct me and want it to go in a different direction, I will be able to take that direction. Mm -hmm. Now, that took a lifetime to learn. Mm -hmm. But when I started my career, I was so young. And it was really, especially in Los Angeles, it was all about, what have you done lately? (laughs) What have I seen you in? Like every time you met someone, what have I seen you in? Oh, Um, gosh. I did a, a... 
Jordash commercial. <laughs> Yay, I did a Jordash commercial. You know, like yeah. I didn't even value the work when I got it because right. I was so concerned about all the wrong things. Yeah. The money, recognition, this, the fame. Once I started really learning how important it was to just learn what you're doing, my confidence came. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd known that earlier, mm-hmm. but wherever you are is wherever you are, you know, but I wish, I wish I'd, because I do know some young actors that do understand that that's what it is. And they're very successful at a young age. It took me a long time to find success in this business mm-hmm. because I was struggling with who I was. And that includes, you know, my motivations for being in the business. And those all yeah. have to be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those can take a lifetime to learn. I think good instructors, good teachers, and good mentors are important, and I really didn't seek those out or understand the importance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, none of my family was in showbiz. My mother was so encouraging, and and, and of of everything that I did, her whole life was about making my life what I wanted it to be, Mm. even even if I couldn't see it at the time. And yet, to to her, she was kind of starstruck. Like, Mm. she was kind of scared for me. Mm. Like, oh, are you going to get that movie? Mm. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and I'm like, mom, I don't know. How <laughs> 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 the hell do I know? <laughs> so I wish I'd known that early on, and, and, but I'm glad I know it now. Mm. It helps even today. So it doesn't really matter, I think, when you learn something, no. as long as you learn as it. As long as you learn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Because it helps today. Mm-hmm. It helps every day. Mm-hmm. Well, as uh, everybody knows, at least who's come through the studio, uh, whoever is listening right now, Brian teach our, teaches our intro to voiceover uh, workshops. But for somebody who is considering getting into voiceover, and let's say they're coming through uh, Atlanta Voiceover Studio, which we hope. You yeah. know, either in person or live via the Zoom. Yeah, or I on demand. Zoom, or yeah. on demand at yeah. provoiceovertraining.com. Uh, There's no us- better place to mm-hmm. study. I'm sorry. I, I am not an owner of this studio. I, I Full disclosure, I am dear, dear friends with both of you. But I mean when I say your mission, the reason you're doing this mm-hmm. is absolutely 100% pure. Mm-hmm. And the resources that you provide are our resources that I wish that I had yeah. had. Yeah. Because yeah. this is yeah. where I would have learned yeah. all the things that we've been talking about. Right, right. You know? right. And that's how we all tried to make this come about. I mean, right. just yeah. make it incremental, yeah. starting off with your intro to voiceover workshop. So yeah. what can people expect from you in that workshop or if they private coach with you, mm. like your teaching style? Um, I mean, I think they get a pretty good clue just from all the great advice that you've already given. But have I given great advice? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was at least thirty seconds in there. At right? least thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> well, I've, I. It's funny because my my style has changed. When I first started teaching uh, many many years ago, I think I wanted to make people feel good. I wanted to to lift people up, and and that's still very important. But I think it's very important to be honest. And one thing that I that I have learned after 20 year, plus years in the business and now eight years coaching and teaching the workshops or eight years coaching and teaching and teaching. By the way, I fell in love with teaching too. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, there's this uh, – people used to say this old thing that I absolutely hate that's like uh, those who can't teach. Ugh. That is 100%. Wh- what kind of language that. can we use on this podcast? It's BS. It's total BS. It's total Thank BS. Thank you, PG-13. Hi, do you yes. Or maybe it depends on the instructor. It does depend on the instructor. No, uh, I don't think that if you can't do it, I don't think you, you can, can teach, teach well. No, you can't. I mean, so yeah, so that's you'll that's see, a load. You'll see it. But here's what I think differentiates mm-hmm. differentiates a good teacher from a bad teacher. Mm-hmm. 
the love of it. Oh yeah, and that's mm-hmm. true. And a yeah. lot of a lot of teachers in in the general education system just get burnt out because yeah, of that sure, system. Yeah, sure. But they come to it with a real love of it. And I know mm-hmm. all my best teachers were yeah. teachers that obviously loved what they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually fell in love with teaching, and I, I yeah. even thought at one point I might just retire from mm-hmm. create cre- the creativity part of from actually being a VO talent mm-hmm. and just teach. Mm-hmm. That's not for me yet. Yeah. It may yeah. be one day, but right now I Red like Rover, too Red Rover, send <laughs> Brian right <run> over. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. But um, but 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 oh, but I love what I do. But over the over the course of doing it, I am able to pretty quickly recognize where someone is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've never taught a student who ha- who has the passion and love for this and really understands what it takes. Because I like to really drive that home. Like this is what you're getting into. Yeah, right. I've never found a student that cannot get what they want from this if they're willing to learn and mm-hmm. really put everything into it. But everyone's at different levels mm-hmm. yeah. because I have stories of people who literally came with nothing but the desire mm-hmm. and five years later had their demo and booked their first job. Mm-hmm. But it took five years. Yeah. And then you'll teach someone and you're like, okay, you're pretty close. I mean, you have mm-hmm. the acting ability. You have. So I'm able to recognize in all of my each of my students kind of where they are. And I've gotten very good about being honest about what their steps need to be. Mm-hmm. So you can expect passion from me. I'm passionate about this uh, experience. I love what this is. And I tell a lot of anecdotes because I've been in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful helpful for people to know, this is the kind of situation you might run into when you're in the studio and the clients are there or they're on the right. phone. These yeah. are the types of personalities you might deal with, the types of situations you need to be prepared for. I teach very, very... Uh, uh, a very, very specific, one of many ways to the mountaintop, but a very specific technique to act on a microphone when there's not another actor there, when you're kind of acting in a vacuum. And and I'm able to sort of figure out, okay, here's here's where you are in your acting, here's where you are in your understanding of this business, here's kind of what you're ready to do. So I think even though we have 15 people in the intro, I, I'm always able to give that personal, mm-hmm. kind of meet the students where they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. as much as you can in an intro yeah. workshop. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotten pretty and, good at it. And one of the things that I love, uh, just from hearing you in in that in this room where we're actually recording the podcast, is you're right. You do you are honest and encouraging at the same time. And while you're telling someone, okay, but here's the things that you need to work on. Right. You know the way that you express that. If I were to say the same thing, they'll be like, who the heck does this guy say? But the way that you communicate <laughs> it is 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 lovingly. You know, it's like, here's here's what you have, but this is the realness of the whole project here, or of the whole scope of what you're capable of. Yeah. This is the reality of it. And they're like, oh, okay, I can take that, you know, and then run with it. Yeah. Whatever they want to do. I think I have the ability, I, I, I'm a good director. I think God gifted yeah. me with the ability to be a good director and to be a good teacher, which is why I love to teach. Yeah. Because everyone is very different. And it, it's I have learned to not just be nice. Yeah, It's not about me getting approval or me being a good teacher. It's right. about the student getting something that they can understand and take away. Mm-hmm. And everybody speaks in different terms and speaks mm-hmm. in different languages and understands things in different ways. Sure. It's always fun when I'm talking to a student and I speak in a very advanced kind of directorial term and they're like, yeah, got it. Like that thrills me, but yeah. not everyone is there yet. Not everyone has that that experience. And I have a way, and I and I really do give all thanks to God for this. Mm-hmm. I have a way of being able to sort of intuit how to speak to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that is that is why I'm a good teacher, and it's why I love mm-hmm. teaching. So, 
it's it's a very individualized, personalized, because like even my private coaching students, they're all really different. Yeah. Mm. I haven't been private coaching for a while, but I'll probably start back up again in the fall because I miss it. Yeah. Uh, but every single person has a different need and there's a mm. different way to get them there. Mm. But I do try to speak in terms that they're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Like I try to speak in the same terms that the creative directors direct us with. Mm. Yeah. And then if they don't understand that, I, I break it down in terms that they can understand so that the next time they hear that, they know, oh, this is what that director means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. One last question. This is not th- – I did not – prep you for this, so I'm so sorry. If you need Don't to take worry. a second, then that's fine. You mentioned Paul Armbruster, yeah. and he is somebody that, you know, people in Atlanta all know. Um, and I think you, I mean, everyone in Atlanta knows you as well, but I, if, okay, this is going to sound weird, but if, what would go on a VO tombstone for you? Like, what would wow. you want Ooh. for people to be? Not that Are you're you headed that to way. Get one as a no, gift or no. Yeah. Okay, is that what you get me for? Christmas? I told you guys I didn't prep this question. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, you know, what would you want to be remembered of in the realm of voiceover? Like, what do you hope that your kind of legacy is? Maybe that's the way I should have put it instead of a tombstone. <laughs> tombstone. Yep. Sorry. Well, my and- tombstone. I just want to. I want a 3D bass relief of Miss the Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I, you might have to get permission from Vayner, but that's what I'd like. First and last time Brian's on our podcast. I, that's it. That's it. Oh, you should have heard the discussions before oh the mic rolled. The mic you rolled record. <sighs> what would I want on my VO2? So? <laughs> um, he meant what he said. Mm, I love that. I love that. Because. Because I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell us. Because why. sometimes when I am giving praise to an actor, right? Like, oh, you're just bullshit. I just must say that to everybody. Have the confidence to accept when you get praise. Mm. I, I, that only works because I don't give it lightly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get praise so little mm-hmm. in this business that if someone is giving you praise, accept it. Yeah. And take it in and let it yeah. lift you up. Yeah. You know, you know if people, you really do know if people are BSing. Actually, yeah. I know when people are BSing yeah. me, and most people do intuitively yeah. know. But sometimes we ask that question, oh, do you really mean that? Or, oh, you don't really mean that. But it's our own insecurity speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you and I have done that to each other, encouraged often. each other with the voiceover side. But one of the things that, that shocked we me, especially. We often BS each other. We do. <laughs> yeah. We do. We but, often say things we don't mean to each other, too. But we also know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We also know when we're BSing each other. Yeah. But like from the on-camera side, because you've given me some just some great advice on the on-camera side mm. and also encouraged me in that way. And it's like, holy cow, I forgot how much thank you. you like it, it meant a lot. So it's it's amazing Good, just to – and I say that genuinely. Thank you for that. Um, but I'm that's one of the that. that's one of the things that – that we love about Brian mm-hmm. is that he is so encouraging. And yeah. and that's what we try to facilitate here at the studio. But that's such great advice because as we have actors coming in with get taped, you know, and they go back there and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll sometimes say, Hey, saw you on such and such a show. Really great job. And and they'll just, Oh, wow. You know, we, yeah, we're so starved for that. Why are actors we so are starved? a mess? We're just a mess. Well, I know because a lot of us get into this early on 
because it is the first place we get any kind of positive reinforcement mm-hmm. or attention. Like for me, it was that theater uh, yeah. class at Northwestern High School mm-hmm. where I finally was getting like positive encouragement and feedback and positive response. And so in a way, it becomes about that. Okay, it starts about it starts being about that. Then you have to learn what it's really about, yeah. which is what I wish I had known when I was 18. Mm-hmm. But then you have all this positive reinforcement and encouragement and you enter into a business that is nothing but <laughs> yeah, rejection. Exactly. Right. That's it. Right. And so that gets beaten away and beaten down. And without the right mentors, without understanding that you have to stay and study, yeah. that you have to, you know, have surround yourself with, with people that are lifting you up in an honest way, yeah. it just gets beaten down. And so, so many actors- even the most successful that I work with today, at their at their heart, there's this insecurity that kind of never goes away from us. But yeah. but that's natural to all of humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of yeah. humanity is actually vulnerable mm-hmm. and tender. Mm-hmm. And any kind of hubris or anger or even violence is a, is a reaction that comes from that insecurity. Yeah. And understanding that goes a long way, yeah. you know? But I will say one thing too, I've got to say, if any of our listeners are on camera actors or or interested in voiceover acting, one of the things that helped me the most, because I I never liked being photographed. I still really don't, but I do it and I'm good when I forget the cameras there, you know, but so it was always uncomfortable for me being in the room auditioning for on camera, just always uncomfortable. I felt like I always had to prove myself. One thing I like about this is that we do audition in isolation, like there's nobody there watching us. Yeah. But we get callbacks too, and you do have to be in the room sometime, and now I know how to handle it. But one thing that helped me with my on-camera abilities and, and also getting rid of my kind of jitters about the camera was when I worked many years ago for People Store. I was in the film and TV department, and my job was to put actors on tape. Mm-hmm. So I was reading behind the camera for for actors, some really good actors, yeah. and watch what they were doing. And so that's diversifying. If there's any little bit of advice that I could leave everybody with, it's diversify, 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 mm-hmm. because you learn so much on the other side of the camera. Mm-hmm. You learn so much on the other side of the microphone. Mm-hmm. Diversifying in your voiceover career. Yeah, you know uh, there've been uh, this last year, for example, the, the the announcer trends have kind of changed. The advertising has is just opened up in in different ways, and and so this year, for example, I haven't had nearly as many uh, announcer jobs, but I've been rife with character work. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so, like, I played Albert Einstein for a documentary film. Which yeah. is awesome. I, I never even li- – like that's not the kind of job that I had had before. Yeah. I did like 12 characters in a sleep app that a company's producing where you're listening to stories and it's actual like like dramas. Yeah. You know, and like there's so much of that work that's out there. So, th- th- you know, because people always say, what area should I go into? I get that question a lot because there's so many places you can go in voiceover. And I always say where whatever area you go into, explore them all. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to do my very first audio book, you know, and I'm going to study with Kurt Bonham who teaches mm-hmm. here who's, mm-hmm. because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. So there, there's something else for me to learn, yeah. which is also what's exciting about what we do. Yeah. There's always something to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for every genre, there's something different. But if you diversify as much as you can, and some people have like that one niche that that's all they need and, and it's consistent, you know. And for me, I, I do so many different things, but I think that's been why I've been able to work as long as I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and when work is low in one area, oh, well, here I can get work here, or if that works low, I can do this. Yeah. And I'm still learning that. I'm still trying to learn as much as I can about all the different things that we do, yeah. you know, because yeah. I want to keep going. Yeah. yeah. For now, I mean, today anyway. Well, um, you Tomorrow keep going. 
We'll we'll stop <laughs> the podcast. He, he meant what he said. <laughs> he meant what he said. <laughs> we'll stop the podcast well, and you keep going. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. Yes, this we're is a so lot of fun. Thank you for thank, coming. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Brian. You know, we love you so much. You and always just... Uh, we just feel really lucky that we get to be colleagues with you and I feel friends. That way. Um, yeah, we just are, are really blessed by you. So as as are so many people, everybody that's come through the studio and has been able to Absolutely. be in your workshop or be coached by you. So oh, thank you so God, much. Maybe I Brian. am going to die. Maybe <laughs> no, maybe it's no. good we talked about my tombstone today. <laughs> oh, at sure, at okay. least it's recorded, so you'll well, know. He meant what he said. That's what he wants. <laughs> That's what he wants, Jeffrey. He meant what he said. By the way, Jeffrey wants the 20th Century Fox theme played at his funeral. Why does that not surprise me? Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks, guys.